Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker, and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Alex Pagnatel. We hope you enjoy. You just brought up DC Vampires. Would you like to chat about DC Vampires for a That's little an bit? That's question. Alex, do you want to talk about yeah. DC versus Vampires, All at War, a book you write at DC Comics? Is it escapism? Is it well? First of all, how how have you enjoyed the book? Do you do you like working on it? Do you feel like uh, you know what are your feelings on it? Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I got a call like Matt Matt gave me a call uh, around like just like New Year, just like last New Year, wasn't it? Uh, which mm. was cool because you know it was a really kind of it was a bit of a bit of a bummer of a time. Um, and I got this call out of the blue, you know, Matt just kind of, uh, said, you know, do you want to do this with me? Um, and honestly, um, there's a, there's a through line that is, yeah, you know, there's definitely kind of a through line of, 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 you know, uh, like hard won redemption and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, putting the kind of, you know, putting the kind of the usual sort of ragtag group together that have no business being in the same team and sort of, you know, making them run a sort of uh, a Rogue One style gauntlet and everything. Um, but I mean, mainly like I, I like I just I got to kill Jimmy Olsen, which was just just felt so good, you know. <laughs> um, well, let's just, talk about that. Let's like, go in on, dig deeper on that. Why do you like, hate Jimmy Olsen so much? You and you and Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's the it's the bow tie, man. Like it's the bow tie. Yeah. Like I I just I just don't think there's any excuse, you know, in 2022 sure. for kind of wearing a bow tie. Um, no, it it was it was interesting because like you know we 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 had that discussion earlier on and like I, I was I was gonna I was preparing to kind of go into it just doing this book that would be like uh, like like fractally depressing, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and then like you know we you and I ended up having this sort of quite liberating conversation where it was like, look, man, like you have you have a lot of runway here because it's out of continuity to basically just think about really creative methods of dispatch for like <laughs> beloved superheroes. Yeah. And like, as soon as I sort of framed it in that way, like, I mean, I think I sort of discovered some stuff about myself. Sure. Yeah. I just had like a ton of fun just thinking like, okay, well like, <laughs> okay, well like what if booster gold, like put force fields in people's heads? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, uh... Uh, it's very funny when like I don't often feel like there's a lot of um, restraints on me when I when I write like work for hire stuff but there are because there's restraints of of respecting the continuity that are like you know they don't have to put the restraints on you because if you're at the job you already do that 
Like you're you're mm-hmm. in the room because you care about these things and you don't want to break them. And um, not that I really think breaking them is actually a real concept. I know it's a thing that fans throw around a lot, but I don't think you can break superheroes. Mm-hmm. But um, the it's only when you go out of continuity that you're like, oh, all of these psychological things that have been holding me back. Like, yeah, I want to see someone punch Superman's head off. Like, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know, it's a it's a funny, liberatingly childish instinct, but also like, I feel like that instinct comes from being a fan and like Mm. wanting to see the things you could never see and i feel like when we embrace that as the creators the fans also get the same thrill of like oh my god did you see like this insane thing that happened that i've never seen before and i think that's that's sort of the fun of doing the non-incontinuity stuff is always i'm always sort of baffled when people do the non-incontinuity stuff and it's just like a half a step to the left of of what we're used to like yeah I, I, i don't get it i don't I don't know why bother. Like, it doesn't feel worth it to me. Like, go all the it's way or don't we- go. It, it, it's weird kind of doing it with uh, with Ben Abernathy as well, isn't it? Because, like, for, given the kind of um, the level of responsibility um, mm-hmm. that Ben has, yeah. and generally, like, you know, the note that we'll get in terms of restraint is like, you know, maybe you can't show, like, all of the intestines yeah yeah but like other than that like he just waves it through yeah. like yeah it sounds great go yeah ben ben uh abernathy who's the executive editor at dc and the head of the batman group um his enthusiasm for letting creators do the thing that's the most fun for them like he, yeah. he has like a real passion for the idea that people enjoying their jobs do the best work and so he gets really excited about ideas that get creators excited. And it's really <laughs> infectious and crazy how how good it is. And like, yeah, it, it's it, every time I write something where he like has to reel it in. And most of the time it's not him. Most of the time it's DC Legal that is like sending me notes being like, absolutely not. You cannot <laughs> have these things. Uh, ben is sort of gritting his teeth yeah. against them. Yeah. He he definitely like doesn't he's always just like, well, let's see how far we can take this thing. And it's you know, it's true in Wildcats, it's true in Joker, it's true in DC versus Vampires. There's just a lot of like let's see, let's see what flies. Uh and that's a really fun I, I think, you know, it's fun as a creator and, and like I was saying, like for the fans, it's fun. It's fun to see uh, have a company that is just like, let's see what we can do with these characters. Like let's get let's get them out on the open road and really go for it is is really mm-hmm. inspiring. Um, well, I'm glad you're enjoying making the book. Yeah, it, thank it, you it's, again. It's it scratches all your your. You don't have to, that wasn't me fishing for a thank you, but yeah. Um, the, <laughs> He's always uh, doing this. He wants everybody to thank him on the show yeah, so everybody else can time. hear it. Yeah, guys, yeah. I did. I I co-wrote a book with someone. Listen, he's going to thank me for it. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, I think I wasn't. I, think I wasn't dragged up, man. Like it's. <laughs> I I um. I, I just uh it, it's a it's a weird book DC vs Vampires like it's a weird mm. universe to play in as like to spend mm. so much time in there like you're like I had the luxury of writing DC vs Vampires while I was writing other books that were in continuity and I I sort of I'm always like worried that you're like yeah I'm just murdering like I know you've been doing some like shorts and one shots at DC and had other stuff but like this is the most time you spend in the DC pool is like, yeah, murdering people. It's uh, <laughs> I worry about, I worry about that for you as well. So I'm glad that it hasn't been too taxing on your, on your soul. 
No, no, no. I mean, it, it's it's been uh, it's been really cathartic. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm ashamed to say you, you worked some stuff out. Um, I yeah. had I had one other question, and then I want to talk about the new book for a minute before mm-hmm. uh, we move on. But but um, you are part of a, a writing group collective. I don't know how you guys refer to yourselves. Um, but the studio studio, but you don't, you're not actually studio makes it feel like you're in a location, which you are not, you don't share an actual studio because artist studios, they're in the same room and you guys are not, uh, but studio is fine. If that's what you want, you know, I respect that. Um, (laughs) you're in a group called white noise with Ryan O'Sullivan, Dan waters and, and Rom V, um, three other excellent, excellent writers. Um, you know like how does that how does that work like what how does that work for you what do you what do you get out of that what do you guys do for each other um like it it, it, it's really kind of um and i i don't mean this like pejoratively but like the explanation of the thing is really quite banal Mm -hmm. it's um like we talk to each other every day right so it's on you you could say like really it's a group chat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, more than anything, it, it's kind of it's a, it's a layer of editorial before anything reaches editorial. Sure. So we kind of um, we we sort of acid test ideas on each other um, before they kind of go out into the world, um, which I know you know plenty of writers do that. But we sure. just sort of formalized it really and and, mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of made a bit more of a thing of it. Um, and um, but but also uh, it, it happens at the sort of conceptual level as well. So like um, we we have this sort of tacit agreement that we'll talk, you know, if any of us kind of needs 11th hour help with anything it's kind of there so you know like i mean like hand to god like there have been times when like i've like i've 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 needed to get a pitch in and just something isn't clicking and i'll talk to dan at like two o'clock in the morning but the it's reciprocal right so the so you know i there have been occasions when i've had to do that and like it is quite strange because, you know, it, it, there is this sort of um, obviously there are exceptions, man. Like, you know, you're not going to do it if you're out sort of, you know, having a romantic dinner or whatever, uh, you know, sure. but like th- there's an understanding that like you'll get you'll do it when you get home. Right. It's mm-hmm. um, it's pretty kind of it's pretty non-negotiable, but it always kind of works. Sure. Um, so. um but it, it, it's cool, man. Like, it's, it's just really cool. It, it just means that you've kind of perpetually got kind of people, um, you know, you just got a, like three people who kind of got your back, like at all times. Do you, do you um, feel like, do you feel like it helped you guys gain sort of notice because you were all together and sort mm-hmm. of throwing each other's names around? Like, do you feel like it, it furthered your career more than just a creatively, but like perceptually to the public? Um, again, in, in, in all candor, I mean, um, there are gigs I've gotten, uh, because Rams recommended me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind saying that, you know, like in, in kind of all humility, I don't, you know, um, did he also invite you onto his podcast to say thank you? 
Um, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to. That's good <laughs> yeah. form. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it, it's some. Um, it, it's a, it's a funny one. It's it's it, it like it it's sort of paid dividends in ways that I kind of wasn't expecting, and in a very sort of long tail kind of way. So like when, when we started it, I, you know, I did my usual thing, man. Like, you you know what I'm like, man. Like, you've known me for years. Like, uh, you know, I was I was very much like so like you know let's all get married and like we'll we'll start a common fund and we'll put a lot of money into it and we'll just we'll just co-own everything and like ram who has a business background just like went no none of that like if we <laughs> if we if if we make it a thing like we will despise each other within about 6 months mm-hmm. let's just keep it loose um and it'll be a thing and um yeah, I mean, I suppose what we've been doing it now, sort of five years, and obviously, like there's there's clear water between all of us in terms of sort of where we are relative to each other, but like it's not um, like like not to put too fine a point on it, you know, no one either feels or is made to feel like the Ringo, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it 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 it's all. It's it's you know it, I must admit like you know like it is really nice uh, to have you know the guy who's writing detective comics like every now and then kind of pick up the phone and going like can you help me out with this like that's sure. that's great man yeah you know that's really that's nice that's um it, it, it it's not like it's flattering frankly mm-hmm. you know? the um I wanted to do just a couple sort of questions about them like sure. Um, Who's which one is the smartest of the four of you? Mm. Uh, Dan. Okay. Who's the best yeah. cook? Uh, me. Is that real? Okay. Um, yeah. Who's the Who's the <laughs> best the, kisser? What, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who, who's, you don't. You don't. You never talk about cooking. Yeah. You don't talk about it. Maybe I'm just thinking of Ed Brisson, who talks about it all the time. So, like, it's just in my head. You're a good cookie. You're just talking about it all the time. Uh, yeah. Who's the best kisser of the four of you? Ryan. Wow. He, he, like, red- he does this. He does this amazing thing where, like, um, like really kind of like wraps it around the esophagus. It's just. Oh it's, wow. It's, it's, yeah. It, yeah. Like it's um. It's a full sort of sensory experience. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's, it's quite rapturous. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. I feel like those are the important questions, and I guess I guess Rom's not really contributing much because you got the the smartest, the best kisser, and the best cook. That's fine. Not everybody's going to pull their weight. Mm. Um, like, yeah, he 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 always gets best hair. You know, he's good hair. He's good hair. He's amazing <laughs> but, hair. But that's not really important for a comic writer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> some some of our best don't have any hair. Just putting that out there. But they're all good kissers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is, is this going to make it on the show? Probably. I liked because, it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> switching gears for the for the last half of this, uh, you have a new book coming out, which by the time this airs may be out or imminently be out, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the speed at which we move. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about this book. Okay. Um yeah, it's uh, it, it, <laughs> go for it. Um, That's not how yeah, Conan O'Brien called... does it, Matt. <laughs> it, it, it should be. Uh, it, it, I, this, yeah, maybe not. Uh, you, it, you made us called... think. What is it, dude? <laughs> Why'd you do it? <laughs> I'm trying to do my bit, 
and like oh, <laughs> it's it's so um, hard to do when you just started doing the book and you just don't have it yet and it's just like mm. i know all the things there are to know about the book but i don't know how to say it in two sentences but now now's your chance to test it out go for it is that how long i have i have two sentences no you yeah. have as much time as you want <laughs> but it all should right. be two sentences but yeah you're gonna be long <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, I got a book dropping uh, December 7th uh, called All Against All uh, from Image Comics uh, and the Syzygy imprint. Um, and it's the way we're sort of describing it um, in the, like the way we're sort of cross-pitching it is basically like what if um, the Xenomorph from Alien were Tarzan, mm-hmm. right? So the idea is like it's it's the far future and there's these aliens that um have uh found a kind of derelict earth um and they have harvested samples from there's this seed bank in Norway that has all these like frozen embryos in it and what they do is they kind of they set um an earth habitat running on one of their kind of spaceships and they don't know how anything fits together. So they're putting like polar bears in with gorillas and like it's a complete catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what human beings are. So basically sure. they, you know, they set a bunch of them running and, you know, they don't live very long because, you know, infant human beings can't look <laughs> after themselves. But one of them survives. And like years later, they kind of go back into this habitat because they're trying to weaponize it. There's a war going on like far across Mm -hmm. the galaxy and they're trying to kind of harvest the most kind of aggressive genetic traits from this sort of habitat. Um, And they don't realize that they've got like basically a incredibly aggressive, nightmarish, persistence hunter that they've basically been neglecting for the last 25 years. And it's sort of it does that xenomorph thing of like reaching out of ducts and sort of tearing them apart and biting mm-hmm. their heads off and just generally being thoroughly unpleasant. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was two sentences. So you nailed it. And, <laughs> um, no, I love the book. I've only read the first issue. Um, uh, Casper Wingard draws it and, uh, Oh, I should have mentioned that, shouldn't I? It, Jesus, it, I picked it up for you. You could have just acted like you Thanks. did, but but you really yeah. uh, you really shined a spotlight on that. But uh, I, yeah, I yeah, Cas- like yeah, wow. Cas- Cas- Casper's amazing. Um, he's really, and I've been a fan of Casper's stuff for so long, but he's really on a different, like channeling something really different here, something really rough and primordial, and just amazing colors. I think it's really a beautiful book. Um, and I, 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 I love that. Do you, when you visualized the book and like, was it with Casper? Like, did you imagine this with Casper? Did you come up with it with him? Was it an idea you had and you brought to him because he adds so much to it and in a way that I wouldn't expect him to, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. He feels um, like he's doing something different than he normally does. Uh, it, to be honest, it, it was really sort of serendipitous, right? Because, um, I, um, you know, before I knew I was going to be going through an imprint and and to be perfectly candid, like before I knew there was going to be any money, mm-hmm. um, I was, um, I was going to do the thing of, of kind of asking people on like Behance or, you know, DeviantArt or, you know, Instagram, you know, I was, I was going to look for some, um, you know, newcomers who, uh, 
you know, uh, I could I could do it on a sort of equity split with uh, because like I don't have any money. Um, and uh, I ended up talking to Casper and I was just said, look, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'd be kind of straight down the line with all this, you know, nothing, you know, no, no, no funny business. But is there anyone that you've got your eye on that you think could kind of handle this? Mm-hmm. And like over the course of a couple of weeks, man, like I told him the idea and, and but I told him the idea uh, not not to kind of get him on the hook to draw the thing, but to 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 give him a sense of you know who to look for. Sure. Um, and instead, like he just ended up sort of you know sending me like some concept stuff, and the concept stuff kind of kept coming after a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> um, and in the end, he just kind of went like, "Look, like I really want to do this. Like if you can make the financials work, like I'll just do it." Um, yeah, which is just it was great, man. And like he. Uh, you know, he had a couple stipulations and it was, you know, like we couldn't, we couldn't really kind of stick around because, you know, he's very, like, he's really in demand and rightly so. So like, he was like, basically we have, we have this window, right. To do this thing. So like, you can't, you can't kind of take a year to kind of, you know, sit and, 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 Mm -hmm. and digest this thing. Like we, we, we would have to kind of hit the ground at a sprint. So, um, yeah, like I ended up talking to, um, uh, Chris Ryle um you know late of idw um and you know basically that's that's how we ended up sort of going through the imprint is is basically you know he it, it, it was a much sort of um you know like uh, um casper could kind of get what he 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 rightly expects and deserves uh to do the book um and uh, it, it just removed like a lot of roadblocks and, you know, there's a layer of editorial, which, you know, frankly makes me more comfortable. Cause like, I, I, I think I'm someone who kind of needs editors. Mm-hmm. Um, I and everyone, um, I think everyone is someone who kind of needs editors. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, like I don't, I don't believe in the, in the, like no one in the writers who don't need editors. I don't think that's a real thing. I don't either. Yeah. Like I'm, but, yeah, I'm sure they exist, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not one of them. Um, you know, uh, I like that kind of having, I like having that kind of gut check. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and then we were kind of off to the races, but yeah, he, he, he changed his style up really kind of conspicuously. And I think that was one of the reasons why he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's adopted this, his stuff's always been hot, like very detailed, but, um, he's always been, I think associated with being like quite a clean lined guy. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, for this, he's, you know, it's almost like a sort of, there's like a charcoaliness to it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that I, that I think is kind of great. And yeah, there's this kind of like watching the animals in the beginning and the opening, like there's this sort of like, they're detailed and they're, they're beautiful, but there is this kind of like cave painting energy to them. If that makes sense. And I was like, oh, it's such a brilliant direction for the art. It's such a brilliant, like with what the story is, it's such a smart way to like introduce these things is this sort of like detailed and stylized rudimentary rough look to them. It, it's really beautiful book. Um, I mean, I, uh, th- th- I mean, one, another thing I'll say is um, Haas has done something with this that I think sure. is ridiculous, which is um, he's um, he's, I think, he, you know, he, he's cause the, the lettering almost feels kind of diegetic because he's he's mm-hmm. he's using line weights that kind of correspond to Casper's art. So that sort of yeah. charcoal-y, like rough hewn looking line. Like he's even got like um 
like balloons that aren't even complete. They sort of taper away. Mm-hmm. So they really, they, 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 they ab- and, and they sort of, they tail behind characters sometimes. Yeah. So they, they, they really feel like native, you know, like, cause I think, I mean, again, sort of coming up through sort of nineties comics and everything, when it was all sort of very kind of experimental, there was a, there was a definite, you know, if, if lettering looks too crisp, it sort of floats on sure. top of the art. Mm-hmm. But this is like it really kind of feels embedded. It, it's it's part of the composition. It's just great. I don't know. There's no letter, Hassan. I don't know a single letter in comics, and I I've worked with so many great letters. Um, but Hassan has an ability. Hass has an ability to just blend in with the art like a chameleon, mm. like like no one I've ever seen before. It is really stunning the way he just like understands what a page how to not be intrusive on a page he just knows how to do that in a way that is so like um he's in the art he's he's you know like he's the art as much the art team on a book as anything else and it's it's i i'm always like sort of blown away by his work um as someone who works with him regularly i think he's just yeah constantly uh amazing um i i i wanted to sort of the going back to the pitch for it that you gave the the xenomorph uh, the tarzan as the as the alien and alien um you know i i remember you talking to me about the book and and saying that and i i sort of got it and was like okay yeah that's a cool idea it wasn't until i read the book that i realized your commitment to it mm-hmm. and your commitment to it is really what i think makes the book a sort of next level thing oh thanks man it it is it's a great idea and it's a it's a well-written book and it's it's a beautiful book and it's great but your commitment to selling the like selling the idea of the of the human as the alien and something to be afraid of and the aliens as our protagonists and our characters and and i i was just so impressed by it by because i can't I can't sort of wrap my head around the idea of doing this book with these very strange aliens who have strange physiology and a strange culture. And then you have just a human kid in a loincloth and not spending time. Oh, there's, there's no loincloth. Yeah. There's a human, yeah. There's a human (laughs) kid in, uh, in all his glory. And, I can't imagine once he appears that my brain wouldn't be screaming. Okay. Now he's the protagonist of the story. Like now, now, now a human has entered and we need to follow him. And you do such a good job of sticking to the idea that we're, he's not, he's the antagonist. He's the monster in the story. It is so compelling and, and alienating in the best way. And I'm sort of wondering like, was there a version of this where you follow the human more where you follow the kid where he's more your story yeah there was um in fact um and like this is you know this is like um a a writer in our group uh strongly urged me to take that route Mm -hmm. um and i thought about it and I, i agree that it's easier to do that sure um yeah. because then you're kind of casting him as yeah then you're sort of casting him as victim but then you also have to you know this is someone who's pre-linguistic right yeah so then then 
all of a sudden you either have a silent comic or you have um like very kind of elevated narration which uh, i mean I'll, I'll be i'll be kind of candid like i mean i i find that like exhausting like i can sure. do it but i find i find that exhausting of course uh yeah. mainly because i don't want it to be shitty um <laughs> but um in the end i i had i just had this very strong conviction that like i should do it from the alien perspective but that that threw up a lot of challenges uh for casper in particular right because you know i mean you, you've alluded to it right like the, the, these aliens have quite sort of odd physiology right like in yeah. the sense that they they're basically they're basically squid things right they're sort of jellyfish things but they have this ability to um wrap themselves around like the the the, the, the brain stems of vertebrates and sort of take them over yeah. Um, but their civilization is now so advanced that they basically make the bodies that they take over. Yeah. And so they're they're so kind of far away from that sort of ugly. I mean, I was I, there was a lot in there about. I was just thinking about kind of colonialism, about the sort of the the distance from atrocity, mm-hmm. uh, and and how eventually you know the num you know the number of sort of victorian people you know the, the 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 victorians who would you know calmly ask you know one one lump of sugar or two in your tea uh completely oblivious and there's a there's a whole chain of accountability set up to make them oblivious to the fact that that sugar is like drenched in blood yeah yeah um and like they have that relationship with bodies you know i i mean i mentioned in the first issue like they they pick their bodies up from showrooms now yeah and i was kind of thinking you know um, you know, in, in the same way that, you know, you know, you or I would kind of go into like a grocery store and you buy, a, you, you know, you buy a bag of chicken and it's entirely possible to go through your life without knowing what a chicken looks like and still eating chicken. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they have a sort of similar relationship to it, but the challenge for Casper with those aliens was, cause I mean, I said to him, you know, in the initial brief, I was like, I want them to be, I want them to be alien, right? Like, you know, ab- absolutely no disrespect to like James Cameron or whatever, but like, um, I-, I-, I didn't understand. I- you know, I have a greater respect, I think, for things like Avatar now, having done this, because you know, I was kind of going like, man, like, look at like the Navi, like they're just like tall people, right? Yeah. You know, they got like big manga eyes and stuff, and but then as we were going through, and like Casper was giving me these like be- very beautiful, very alien designs. And I was just kind of going like, oh, shit, like I, I, I'm expecting people to empathize with something that has no eyes and no mouth. Yeah, and then yeah. you kind of go back to that, you know, that Scott McCloud thing in understanding comics where it's like the bare minimum that is required to sort of imprint yeah. on, a, on, on a drawing, right, is like a circle, two dots and a, and a smile, right? Yeah. That's the bare minimum you need. And so like as we were going along and sort of iterating basically – um, it became like it was so weird. Like we just ended up with this point where it's like we've got to give them like we've got to give them like eyebrows, basically. Like they have to be able to frown, they yeah. have to be able to scowl, they have to be able to smile, and so they just became like progressively more and more human. It was the weirdest thing, but like but like totally by necessity because if I'm expecting if I'm expecting readers to kind of identify with these characters over the course of five issues, like mm. uh, I, I, I'm. I just that there isn't any way around it. You you do a funny thing in it in, in that I loved that really kind of blew me away in in the first issue 
that is a, a a writing empathy trick, which is that you you meet the characters and they're they're scientists who you meet when you start, and you know there's familial relationships and whatever, and they're scientists, and then you meet military characters, and mm-hmm. like you start by meeting a sort of general figure, um, but then you go to like these soldiers who are on the ground and they talk differently, and they yeah. talk more working class they're they're less eloquent they're less they're 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 using le- sort of less refined language they're using their uh they're speaking sort of more gruffly and more bluntly and it's um and it's brilliant it's a brilliant moment because you think you understand what their society is from the way that you've watched the scientists and the generals talk in this very formal way and then you realize like Oh, this is actually these people don't get their hands dirty in the same way. And the people who are going to get their hands dirty and deal with this alien, like they're they're not this refined upper class people. They're they're working class people who are going to suffer for this. And I think it like seeing that linguistic tick where they're 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 just the speech patterns change towards the back half of the book. I was so immediately like it's so evocative of all these things of of class struggle and and the way we you know the way we use uh, poor people's bodies and working class people's bodies to be on the front line and like what that means for this story being a sort of horror story and like who the who is perpetuating the horror and who are the victims of the horror all these things were sort of evoked by just some dialogue shifts and I was really just like kind of you know, like cursing you out while I read it because it's so good and so smart. And I was like, it's so humanizing to them too. In the same way that you're talking about, well, we need them to have eyebrows. Now I understand a class structure. Now I understand uh, in, uh, an education system. Now I understand all these, uh, a power hierarchy that I didn't understand before just from these little cues. And it's such a smart humanizing moment for something. Um and I think that goes back to sort of what I was saying before that you you always find the humanity in your science in these hard science fiction ideas. And I, I really I really loved it in the book. I thought it was just a, a breathtakingly good thing that most people won't notice. It, they'll they'll take it in. They'll take it in, but won't be able to point to it and say, like, this is this. But it'll subconsciously enter their brains in the same way that, like, you know, a, a movie like take Alien, for example, is a great example. Like Alien's a blue collar my, they're miners. They're not scientists. They're they're oh they're dude, like I, 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 I was I was uh, I was doing a podcast last night and and it, it suddenly kind of hit me like like a- Alien is it's a trucker movie about a hitchhiker. Exactly, exactly. It's yeah, a, like and it's 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 such a smart beat in Alien to just be like these aren't the scientists. These aren't the people. Yeah. These aren't soldiers. These are these are people getting up to work their job and like that's all it is and like you have that moment here of just like in this in a, in such a smart subtle way and i really was like just loved it so much i, I love everything about the book i think it's a great book and i, I hope everyone Thanks, picks man. it up and Absolutely. um yeah it is in shops Next month, less than a month away from this recording date, uh, December. So it'll 7th. definitely be out by the time this comes out. <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, it is in shops now or Go in get a month it. or last month, but it's going yeah. out and you should read it. Go get it or you have it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was in shops 
you can buy it from your local cockroach retailer as you brave the nuclear winter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this podcast definitely survives all of that. And yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, on that note, I, I just want to say like, Alex, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us. I, I was so excited to have you on here because I feel like um, you're a writer who, who really looks at the world around you and takes it in and, and synthesizes it and, and gives it back to us in ways that, that are comforting and ways that are thought provoking and helps us understand it. And it's such an inspiring thing for me always to, to read what you write. And so I was really excited Mm -hmm. to get to chat with you, not in you and me just bullshitting on the phone, but actually like discuss (laughs) everything and, and talk about all against all and, and everything you're doing. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I appreciate that, man. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I, I, I would like to kind of, I'd, I'd, you know, it's reciprocated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you don't have to do that. You've been an ins- you've been an inspiration to me for a long time. That's weird. And on that note, <laughs> uh, how is what? How is what? How is what you said not weird, and what I said weird? How? How does that? He does this every out? week. Anybody says anything kind of nice, and he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah. like, you said you, it doesn't sound good for you. It doesn't sound good. like people who listen to this have read my stuff, and when you're like, "Oh, I, I really love it," it doesn't come off good for you. That's not a good look for you. <sighs> but like, but like, you're you're a New Yorker, right? And and yeah. and like, yeah, no, no, but like, and, and okay, like I'm a Londoner. That's you know, true. we're we're both we're both horrible in you know cynical people. Like that's true. I, I don't I don't understand how what I just said is somehow dripping with insincerity. And no, what it you said insinc- is it wasn't insincere. It just sounds silly. No, it's, I, I, I meant <laughs> I, I meant it, man. It just sounds it sounds goofy. Jeez. Thank you so much, Alex. It was awesome. <laughs> thanks, thanks for you. having me. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Alex Pacnadel. Make sure to follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Pacnadel and check out All Against All at a comic shop near you. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 